Good morning, good afternoon, what is up people? This is the Trophy Room. It's Tuesday, August 17th. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We're gonna build our own super conference and tell you why it'll probably come to fewer fruition, whether or not Tim Tebow should quit football, and the AP Top 25 is out for college football, so we're gonna react to that, tell you what's going on, wherever and however you're listening to the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us. Please go give us a five-star review, help out a ton, get a screenshot, share us on your story, go support the boys, go subscribe to us on YouTube. That would be super dope trophy room radio tell your friends that this is the best podcast that you listen to i'm your host brett hammer alongside a co-host with a better arm than any cowboys quarterback and a more sure one that's jackson garlitz you can catch jackson on youtube jackson with the x instead of cks you can catch me on instagram at bhammer time with the extra e also just as a quick side note we uh we got a couple interviews coming up that should be really exciting we have one of the newest members of the one of the newest draftees of the baltimore orioles will be coming on talking with us in the next couple weeks about what it's like to get drafted into pro sports what that dream looks like as well as a man who works over at nike who designs for drake and travis scott so that should also be super exciting and then we're working on getting interviews with other super cool people that are almost as dope as we are so uh jackson how are we and jackson have you ever heard of yik yak i have never heard of yik yak all right well we're not gonna spend a ton of time on it but i I found it was interesting because yik yak is back people and if you know what i'm talking about then you're just as excited as i am so so yik yak was essentially banned from the app store because it was so popular and it's just and this was i believe back in like my 11th grade year in high school so yik yak is essentially i'll pull it up for you and then obviously you're listening to the podcast so you can't see this but jackson can so yik yak is this you pull it up looks like this and then this is it and it's literally just twitter and it's anonymous and so it's um, it's just like you put whatever your radius is. So you can only get yik yaks from people in your area and it's fully anonymous. And it's funny because kids like it was probably the number one source of bullying in high school because 100% anonymous and everyone would just go on and bash one kid. And, uh, it, and so essentially the app store was like, Oh, we're not doing this. Like this is messed up. So they pulled it off and I got a text this morning from one of my buddies in our group chat and he was like, yo, it's back. So I'm excited to see that Yik Yak is back. I'm excited. I'm honestly surprised in 2021 that they're they're bringing this back, but they went through a lot of – I'm just bringing it up because I was surprised to see that they made it back, and I was curious to know whether or not you used it. But you said that you've had some fun putting uh, really basic videos on TikTok just to, to continue the experience and narrative that it's pretty easy to get clicks. Listen, guys, TikTok is 100% random. I'm convinced there's just a guy in the back room who scrolls through things, picks a video out of whatever you post in a day, and decides that that's going viral. Because every single time that I post something, I do it usually in batches of three. Every single time I do that, one of the three goes viral. Every single time, and the other two don't do well. I'm convinced there's a dude in the back room who's just picking the best of the three or the best of whatever you post that day. I don't know how it works at all. But I'm going to try this experiment, and I'm, I think I'm going to let everyone know. I'm going to make this video tonight, and it's literally just going to be a video of my lips, and I'm just going to breathe. Just breathe for maybe a whole minute as long as it will let me make a TikTok. And Breath, oxi- <laughs> it's Brett's oxygen ASMR. Exactly. 
Ooh, maybe I will just make it just like an oxygen ASMR video and then I'm going to post it and just use a bunch of random hashtags and see how many clicks we can get in 24 hours and then let everybody know tomorrow how it goes. Put some really soft piano music over the top of it. Just make it, just make it super weird. Exactly. But you know what else is weird, Jackson? So we get this report yesterday, two days, three days ago. So, I mean, what's like, if you... Oh, this is almost, this almost feels like big brother, little brother, or, you know, how like you have those friends where literally they only want to do something because you want to do it and they never do it as good. That's how I feel about this story. So we have a report that the big 10, the PAC 12 and the ACC are quote engaged in alliance discussions, which doesn't make any sense to me. They said they're going to work on, they're going to work, um, on scheduling and making sure they play each other a lot more and stuff like that, which I honestly don't think is that big of a deal because you should have been doing it. Like, like telling me that you guys are now going to play each other a lot more frequently. It's like, well, yeah, like if you want to prove that you're worth what your football team says it is, you should play better talent. So cross conference makes a lot of sense. So a, this is not relevant to me at all. And B like just saying that you're an alliance. I feel like, it's almost like when you break up with someone or when someone breaks up with you and you want to prove that you're doing just as good as them. So you post pictures of girls that you're not even really dating, but you're just like friends with because that girl heaven knows doesn't want to date you, but you just want to flex a little bit. This feels as irrelevant as that where it's like, okay, so like you guys are talking like we knew that. I don't know. What did you make of this story? So there would be two reasons, apparently, that have been referenced that they would do this. The first is voting, right? When they when all the conferences vote on certain things, um, if they vote as a block, they can counter the SEC and potentially um, as well. Um, they can create a dominant, like a like a majority, like a super majority that will outrule the SEC in terms of any future major decisions. But I feel like um, at this point, you basically have like you own the brand and you own the market. So like you know, you can vote on certain things, but like the SEC is going to own national championships for the next however many years, and the people's well, attention but, is all you need. But what I think is what they're doing is that if they have let's say like administrative authority, right. Or administrative overrule of the sec, they can make it so that nothing gets stacked in the sec's favor. Right. Because adding Fair. Oklahoma and Texas, right. Um, gives them who, who are legitimate national contenders outside of people in the sec, Ohio not, state. Yeah, I was going to say not named Ohio state. I don't know. Ohio, Ohio state. And then, maybe Clemson, but I don't have yeah. as much faith. Like, I feel like Clemson's a fad. I feel like Clemson's going to fall off in a few years. Right. So, like, I guess I guess maybe you could – excuse me. I guess maybe you could also throw in Notre Dame depending on the year. But, like, there's – so you have three legitimate contenders outside of what is now the SEC, including Oklahoma and Texas. And Texas wasn't competing beforehand, but Oklahoma was. So – at the end of the day, it's SEC plus three, um, and I think what they're trying to do is trying to prevent it from becoming SEC plus one, right? Like from the dark horse literally just being a team from somewhere else. Um, and here's the other thing. Here's what I don't understand. If their idea is that they're trying to get the SEC to all play each other in conference, 
So they all beat each other up. And so at the end of the day, you have a higher like possibility. So basically, essentially what you do, if you're USC and the Big Ten is like, listen, here's what we're going to do. You guys play your conference schedule. And then we will have you play two or three of our garbage teams at the bottom, right? So they don't have to play any SEC teams. And then the SEC can beat each other up and they don't play SEC teams. I can see what they're doing. But if what they're going to do is they say, hey, USC is going to play Ohio State. That is not helpful. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever for them to do. Like, it's entertaining for us. We think it's awesome. But, like, no one – it doesn't help anybody get to a place they couldn't get before. It actually makes it much harder. And so I that's my thing is that it's, it makes sense voting-wise, like voting is a majority. But if what they're doing is they're allowing each other to play each other's garbage teams – so that they have more options, they don't play the SEC, and they make the SEC weaker, like because they're all beating each other up. Okay, if what they're doing is they're creating these massive games between Oregon and Clemson, I think it's a really stupid idea. Could I argue that? I would say that I think one of the reasons that Oklahoma has such an easy time recruiting offensive weapons is because kids know when they go play in Oklahoma, they're going to have an amazing quarterback, they're going to have an amazing offense, and they're not going to have to play any decent defenses. With the I SEC think... swallowing up all of the talent that it has, could I argue that, that, same, that this could actually backfire from a talent perspective, not for them like minority, not for people like Alabama, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, but could I argue that it would it's gonna backfire for the rest of the SEC and a lot of these big time kids are gonna go wanna play football in these other conferences where the talent is less and the brand remains similar. I think it's I think what will happen, especially is because of NIL, and you and I talked a little bit about NIL before, but I think what will happen is with NIL, NIL, people think of it as an equalizer. That's not the case. What happens is the top brands are more equal to Alabama, but like Colorado is not equal to USC. NIL doesn't do that. NIL doesn't make USC and Colorado on the same playing field, right? And so what will happen is it will make it so that the top of every single group, like team, uh, or sorry, like the top of every single conference in terms of brand, not in terms of winning, right? Because NDSU, right? North Dakota State University is not going to be getting a whole bunch of NIL deals. But the top of each conference plus, let's say Notre Dame and BYU are going to benefit from NIL. Everybody beneath that is going to get screwed. They, I really, it's not an equalizer at all. It just makes it so that the top tier of comp, of competition has a better chance at distributing a lot of a lot of recruits. And there's a couple different kinds of recruits, right? There's recruits who are legitimate NFL players, and they're they they have a shot, and so they're going to go and try and play on teams that will allow them the best spot, like where they'll start. Right. Then there's recruits who are good, could go to the NFL, but they're really about the championship. Those players will go to the teams that have the best chance at a championship, which will be Ohio State, Alabama, Clem like Clemson. Right. They'll go there no matter what. And so if your concern is about 
if you, if you're getting like these players right who are being recruited but they're not really NFL talent, they're gonna go to the places where they can get, excuse me, make the most money. That's where they're gonna go, right? And so they're not gonna go to lower ranking teams. They're just gonna go to teams that give them the best opportunity to be seen. And the NFL caliber players are still going to go where they're going. And so will the players who want to win a national championship. That's not going to change. Okay. So we've kind of ran through this. So tell me, cause the rest of college football is lying on the backs of a couple of schools. So let's say I'm going to give you an, all of the power you get to build, you get to poach, do whatever you want. I'm going to let you build a, let's start with eight teams. And if we need to go higher, then we'll go higher. I'm going to let you build your own conference from all of the teams that are not in the sec. And, um, actually we're not going to do big 10 either. So you can't have, so you obviously couldn't have Texas or Oklahoma. So you, so you can have big 10, you can have pac 12 and you can have ACC. You can build a 10 team conference for right now. Who are you taking? So to clarify, we can't take from the Big 12? No, you cannot take from the Big 12. But honestly, after Texas and Oklahoma, like, I mean, I guess if you wanted Oklahoma State, if you really wanted it, you could have it. But, like, I, I like I feel like if you're going to build a conference, yes, you have to pull for talent, but you also have to pull for historical brand, which oh, and is hard to do both of, especially right now, because we talked about this earlier. Some of those schools in the Pac-12 are – garbage like they're lacking in a lot of things but they still hold the brand so you get you get 10 teams to build a conference from this alliance that is being formed and again i i just see college football turning into an arms race between two countries and those countries are the sec and everyone else who wants to make a lot of money so i see this progressing a lot further than it is right now but as it stands right now we have this this uh this alliance forming between pac-12 acc and big 10 who are you building as your 10 team super conference so if i'm building off of 10 teams which really isn't that much of a super conference but building off of these 10 teams um i am going to start with usc okay um, and Oregon. Those are the two teams that I will take from the pack. So you're not taking UCLA? Um, not as of this moment. I'm only nine teams in, so I okay. have one more spot that I'm debating on. Okay. Um, Ohio State, obviously you will take. Obviously. that's. I feel like, wouldn't you argue, like, that's probably your number one if you're going Ohio to State build. Ohio State is your best shot. Like, that's outside what, of Ohio okay, State, yeah. I actually would argue you have, like, almost no shot. Because yeah. you have Clemson. Like, Clemson Clemson is actually, I think, very Oklahoma in that Clemson needs a good quarterback. Like like Nick Saban can yeah. literally put a dead body at quarterback. They could probably make the college football playoff. That's isn't that what they did like, last year? Right. And with Clemson, Clemson doesn't go anywhere if they do not have one of the top three QBs in college football at the moment. Um Michigan, I would have in there. Mostly for brand. Yes. Um, and I'm talking only specifically about football right now. I'm not talking about basketball. Yeah, yeah, so we're yeah. eliminating people like Duke. Um, Penn State, I would have in there. Yes. Um, Clemson, I would put in there. Yes. Um, Miami, I would put in there. Yes. I think people would sleep on Miami, but yes. Do you have UNC Wisconsin? on this list? Um, I do not. Okay, so you have Wisconsin. 
And the only reason actually for UNC is because I, I would need another five-ish years to prove staying power. Yes, which I, uh, that's understandable. But I do think they're upwards on a really positive trend. I think so too. I think if you can hold it for the next five years, we start having a conversation about them being an act, like an actual force. Like um, the way Mac Brown runs this squad, the player, the recruiting that they're doing is phenomenal. So yes, I'm with you. Wisconsin, I also have in there. Yes. Um, Florida State, I have in there specifically just because of where they're located. Not so much for performance lately. Um, and I know that Miami gives that to you, but Miami's more about the history. Yeah. Florida State is more about giving you like Florida Florida's just massive. There's and Florida so State athletes. puts so many guys in the NFL regardless of how good they are that year. This is also 100% correct. And then hmm my last Casey, this my, is your 10th spot, yeah? Who are you narrowing down between? Um I'm trying to think So we throw out UCLA, UNC, who else who are you else Not, debating between? We're talking only like in terms of performance and legacy, right? Like we're not talking anything else. You are trying to build the best possible conference to compete with okay. the SEC. Then I'm then I'm throwing out the garbage like Pac-12 like needs to be a top tier research institution crap. Yes. Um. Honestly, I know that a lot of people would not like this, and they would probably be super pissed. I also, and for the for purpose of this example, I don't count Notre Dame as part of the ACC. I count them as an independent. Yes. No, I'm with you. Because um, I think in this example, if you were to build – so we say super conference. So let's say we did expand it to 14 teams. I think Notre Dame and BYU are automatically in. Like automatically. Right. I think I would – oh, this is going to piss people off because I'm not including Michigan State. I would probably include Nebraska. Interesting. That is an interesting pick. But it, from – yeah, from a I feel like people sleep on them, but from a brand perspective, it does make sense. They just haven't been amazing as of late, but they're not ever terrible. No, that's the thing is that out of all of these teams, minus Florida State hasn't been phenomenal the last few years. Michigan always disappoints, but they never suck. Yeah, um, it, even like Wisconsin and Nebraska, like they're not bad teams they just choke that's that's really it is that every single year when nebraska has like you know what i mean like whenever yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just that nebraska always chooses one game to stick the foot directly in the mouth that's the big problem so let so read me your 10 teams right now usc oregon ohio state michigan penn state clemson florida state miami wisconsin nebraska it's funny that you those are the teams that you go with because so in um in Madden when so they have like the the face of the franchise segment which you basically start as a college player and then you work up to playing in the NFL you get drafted everything but there's only a certain amount of schools you can pick between and I think a hundred percent of it is based off of brand and like like a lot of the schools are not good. It's funny that you say that because outside of the SEC schools, you basically picked every other school that is in Madden, and those schools are there because of the brand, which is super exciting. So I would say that with the – I think you have a perfect – near-perfect list with the, what you have with your requirements given. And then I would say if it's a 12-team, I think that automatic next is – if it's 12 teams and I let you pick independents, I think automatic you have Notre Dame and BYU in there. 
Well, and uh, I know a lot of people would think like you're being a homer, like like or I would be a homer for like saying BYU. BYU is like has is one of the winningest programs of all time. Has their own like fan base, like their like their fan base travels. Yes, right? when you go like it doesn't. It helps that it, it helps that the brand is tied to a church that is a worldwide right. church. And not only that, they have their like they have their own capacity to like dispense their own media. BYU, yeah, they have their own network. Well, BYU games are actually really highly watched, which is the reason they even have the deal with ESPN. Exactly. And so they would bring you a lot. Notre Dame would bring you also a lot of like tradition, um, and also just like every every three or four years, Notre Dame's in the conversation for a national title. And they're never bad. They're never like a bad never. season for Notre Dame is a six a six win season. And honestly, even, I would say same that. with BYU. Like that's a bad season for BYU. Is they usually like they usually don't go like. A one twelve, one and eleven, or two and ten. Like they usually win at least no, no, five no. games. Like sub five hundred is like you you might get fired as a head coach. Yeah, right. Like on, on lots of these squads, right. And that's here's like the big thing as well. You look at this. I just, I'm not. I'm not saying that you should blow up conferences or that it's good for the game. I'm leaving all of that aside. What happened to the Big 12 will happen to one of the other three conferences. It is not a matter of if. It is a matter of when. You are going to be poached. The thought process for me is you either find ways to strengthen your conference or weaken the SEC, or you might as well form the Super Conference right now. I'm just saying. I think this was a ploy from ESPN. There's a reason the commissioner of the Big 12 wrote a cease and desist letter to ESPN. It, I think this was ESPN's move. They understood where they sit in the food chain. They understand where the world is going in terms of every everyone who has a streaming surface is coming for sports. Because everything else people will binge watch and they'll watch pretty quick. But the sports is the one thing people will always watch live. Like people don't really watch live TV anymore unless it's the news or sports. I would argue like um, um, or or like the bachelor and the bachelorette. Those are the only things that people ever really watch live. And so ESPN understands where this movement where this market is going they understand a lot of people have a lot more money and they understand that they're losing money so i think what they did is they threw one last hail mary to stack the deck in their favor before a lot of these other companies come for contracts with these other conferences because now if the acc wants to go sign somewhere else it's like well that's fine we own the sec now well and i think this is me like giving like an actual hot take, right? Not being my lukewarm self. ESPN, if they continue what they're doing, is going to die. Because the problem is, because here's the problem. Fox has improved, like, you know, Apple, Android, the conversation that we always have, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the problem with Apple is that Apple, Apple was always Steve Jobs' company. That was the yes. thought process, right? And in the years where he wasn't, they built garbage. And so when he came back, everything was unified behind Steve Jobs' vision of how things should work. Now, he was the biggest jerk in the world, but he was incredibly good at creating ecosystems that allowed devices to interact with one another. Once he died, 
you began to see Apple do a lot of things. For example, Steve Jobs said, I will never have a pen, like a, like a, like a pen for iPhone or iPad. He died and they immediately started to make the pen. Right? Yeah, now, for the, the iPad. Is, right. And is that evil? No, it's not evil. But that was something that Android did. And the thing about Android is that Apple does things first. Or if not first, they do it first the best. Android may do things first and it's garbage. Or they'll do things last. But Android in the end is almost always better at what they do overall. And the reason for this is because there is an incentive for them to keep on improving right because they need to capture more market share apple feels like they have this segment of diehard fans that will never leave them because they are so hooked into the system that you can't switch from apple it's too expensive it is way too hard for a lot of normal people to switch and so it's the same thing where espn has stopped evolving they really don't do anything new when amazon comes for sports amazon is going to be stupid in their rate of acceleration because amazon is always improving box and they have so much money to work with that's true like these are companies that like disney as a whole has not been evolving a whole lot with their stuff lately and so espn also it has become overtly political in a way that fox really isn't they have they have their they have they're individuals who are political. But, but the thing but, is with Fox is if they have individuals who are political, they balance it out and they let everyone say whatever they want. Whereas with ESPN, you get this very uniform opinion where it's like right. it's, it's annoying. Well, and you think about it, like most of the people are going to want to watch Fox Sports like NFL football as compared to watching an ESPN game. And that's because they want to watch the NFL on Fox. Because they know that the people that they're watching at least are going to be normal and not – ESPN has this little bubble that it lives in like socially, like in terms of social issues. And it's really apparent because you watch it. And let's be real about this. The quality of the program and quality of the content from ESPN has gone down. Like, Which is why to... their shows that they make last like, – like other than the typical ones like NFL Live – or Sports Center or First Take, they're recycling shows like every two to three years. Like High Noon ended not that long ago. Like most of these shows do not last that long, and most of their talent isn't lasting that long because they don't have the money to pay these people. It's, I mean, it's evident by the fact that all of the decent people that you want to watch are behind a paywall on ESPN Plus, where I'm like, I already pay for an ESPN subscription. Why would I want to pay for ESPN plus? But it's because you have to make the money back somewhere. And it's like all the stuff that's worth me watching is behind that paywall. But you're right. Like NFL on Fox, they have guys like they have Joe Buck. They have Troy Aikman. They have Ian Eagle. They have Gus Johnson. And then ESPN, they only have one game a week that they have to do. And they haven't been able to have the same broadcasting crew. They've had a different broadcasting crew every year for the past four years, which just goes to show they are swimming, they are drowning, and they are trying anything they can to get their head above water, and it's just not working. Well, and you think about it, right? Like, let's even do this with, like, Fox News and CNN, right? Nobody really thought of, like, CNN as, like, a fringe network ever, 
right? Yeah. I remember like like my parents watched CNN growing up, right? And yeah, my yeah, yeah. parents and grandparents watched Fox News. There wasn't really like too much of a difference, even though we no. knew that there was like they, they covered things differently and we knew they had different angles. Like they were both still mainstream news. But it was so – it wasn't as polarized as it is now. Right, and it's it's now polarized, but the difference is that Fox News, what it has done is that it has improved the user experience, right? I'm not going to I'm not going to like comment on like who's legit and who's not. But Fox News has leaned into what the base wants, right? And gives the base what they ask for. If that makes sense, Fox News does more listening to its audience and then adjusts according to what they want. Whereas CNN did a lot more of telling its viewers what they should want, and they went super fringe, which is why, uh, what was I looking at like today? They they've dropped like since Donald Trump left office, they've like dropped sixty to seventy percent of their entire audience. Like they've they've crashed, and Fox News has gone down as well, but nowhere near that. And Americans are leaving the space of live television when it comes to like specifically news broadcasting, but Fox is different in that Fox News cares about what their people want and lean into that same as fox sports espn is like we're the name in sports so you should do what we like you should you should view content that we get put out just because it's ours yep regardless of whether or not it's good and that's why people like leave it just like they leave cnn no you're 100 correct they they you feel that they give off this vibe where they think you should listen to them because they are a brand and people are starting to realize your brand doesn't carry the weight that it used to. Your content is not the quality that it used to, and therefore your brand suffers. I did want to go back to something that you said earlier. This has nothing to do with ESPN, Fox Sports, or Conference Alliance. I want to move on. We said that Alabama could essentially put a corpse back at quarterback and theoretically still win football games. Sure. I would argue – and I, and I and this doesn't make a lot of sense right off the bat but if you think about it it is logical the worst quarterback in this draft is going to be the best because of a concept we talked about yesterday which is situation because what's the one thing that and to as much as our dismay as we as we disagree on Colin Coward one of the things he talked about today was context if you listen to him um Here's the one thing. People can say whatever they want about you and me. We always take things within context. Context is important because context is essentially perspective. Content tells you context tells you how something should be looked at and what reaction or overreaction or lack thereof is worthy to take on a specific issue. So, the context of Mac Jones is that he is not at all the best quarterback in this year's draft. In fact, I would argue talent-wise, I would argue him and Kyle Trask are on the same level. I would argue Kellen Mond is actually more talented talented than Mac Jones is. I think Mac Jones does a really good – I think he's a very intelligent quarterback. I think he does a lot of the old-school things, picking up blitzes, recognizing coverages, things like that, because that's what Nick Saban does to you. You learn those things when you are have the fear of God in you every single day. But is it fair for me to say – a Mac Jones is the worst quarterback in the in in of these rookie quarterbacks. Not worse in terms of he's bad, but comparative to the rest of the quarterbacks, he's not that good. 
but because of the situation that he's in, he will probably be the best. And what I argue, Tom Brady had a similar situation because if we're being real, neither if we have to build a, an, like an all-time quarterback, like there's guys who are as clutch as Tom Brady. There's guys who had a well, similar even, brain to Tom Brady. Let me even take it a step further. I would say at no point ever in Tom Brady's career was he the best talent wise in the Oh NFL. yeah. Yeah. At no point, right? It is 100% Brady's ability to see the game differently than other QBs. Yep. Tom Brady does not care too much about individual stats. No. He really doesn't. It is all about the W, right? And you're you're correct. It's it's the situation is big. Not saying that people like Tom Brady like had nothing to do with like what they like what they were placed into at all. But what I'm saying is that you look at like Trey Lance versus Justin Fields, right? I'm not I'm not I'm not going to comment on who's going to end up better in the end. Right? I'm not going to comment on that because there's a lot of factors that go into it. Who would you trust more to develop a quarterback? The Chicago Bears or the 49ers? It's gonna be the 49ers, right? And if you imagine can you imagine Justin Fields in a 49er system? I can't because I think that that would be it it would be stupid. Honestly, it would be stupid because he wouldn't have to. Here's the thing: the the Kyle Shanahan makes Bears, quarterbacks look really good. He does, and also like the problem is that when it comes to Justin Fields, as he goes, the Bears go right. They're not tied to Trey Lance so much in San Francisco because everything else is okay. He could win or lose games for them if it's in like in a tight spot. But there are a lot of things the San Francisco 49ers do so well that like it wouldn't really be up to him to lose the game. Whereas with Justin Fields, if Justin Fields is not what he was in preseason every single game, they're in danger of losing that game. That's the other reason I think Zach Wilson is is has the worst, has the highest bust potential is because when you are when you come into a company. You are not the brand of that company, and if you are the brand of that company, you it's better not a very be. Good company. It, it, it's not a very good company. It's on a poor trajectory, or you want you better be one of the greatest to ever do it. Like not every no, very few people are Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, or LeBron James, where they are just exceptional and able to succeed regardless of what goes on around them. I think Zach Wilson's in the worst situation because, for like you just talked about earlier. For the the main focus right now of the Chicago Bears is the defense. That's their brand. It's always been their brand. If they don't have a quarterback and the quarterback thing doesn't work out, it's not the worst thing in the world because they've been winning Super Bowls and going to Super Bowls without quarterbacks. Same with Trey Lance. Trey Lance is not the brand of the San Francisco 49ers. Their defense and their run game and Kyle Shanahan is the brand of that team. And And Mac Jones... I would actually also like point out like like something that Colin said that I actually agree with. Trey Lance is going to need multiple years. Oh yeah. In order to like like it's not just like this thing where within the next three years, what you see from Zach Wilson is probably what you're going to get. Yes. The team the team around him can improve, but in about three years, you will see 
what you're going to see from Zach Wilson just in terms of all-around game, you will not see tr- if Trey Lance is allowed to develop like a normal quarterback that they have full faith in, you will not see peak Trey Lance for probably the next six or seven years. He's going to be a long-term build because, again, like Colin said, he hasn't played football. He's played one football game in about 600 days. Yeah. Like, it's going to take a minute. That's and so Trey Lance, he's not the brand of San Francisco. They have a brand where irrespective of him, Mac Jones, he's not the brand of New England. Bill Belichick is, and Bill Belichick buys into his quarterback, builds a team as if the quarterback does what he's supposed to, the team's built pretty well in his favor. Zach Wilson's issue is he's the brand on that football team. Like he's the most exciting thing. He's the most relevant thing going on. So if you figure out like he's the only thing going on, if you shut him down, the rest of the team has, it's not even that the rest of the team will suck. The rest of the team actually is nothing. And so that's, um, and that's what I'm saying is Mac Jones is in probably the best situation, despite him being probably the worst quarterback comparative to everyone else. This is the other thing I'll say. You let me know if you disagree, if you agree with this or not. I feel like n- none of these quarterbacks are bad. They obviously can all throw the football, but I almost feel like this is one of the like other than Zach Wilson and maybe Mac a little bit. This is some of the worst, like the least accurate, but still highest, like most talented quarterback classes we've had in a while. Justin Fields not super accurate. Zach Wilson sometimes also not super accurate. Trey Lance definitely not super accurate but because they're so dynamic and they're they're decent enough in their accuracy everything else can work out as a result well zach wilson was pretty accurate especially in college and like from what we've seen but he got a lot he got away with a lot of things when you play crappy defenses and it's also true that baking an entire cake and then reading a chapter of of mice and men behind the offensive line that he was behind like that will have something to do with that i agree but what I would say as well is that I really do think we're seeing the game change in that it used to be like, would you agree? The league used to be a lot of Tom Brady, um, a lot of pocket reliant quarterbacks. Oh yeah. Right. Like at, at, it, if you the gave them the time, they were gods. Right. And not only that, like if they were moving, it was, going to be lateral movement it was not going to be past the line of scrimmage um now with the advent of moving quarterbacks right who make defenses have to recover right make defenses much have to like exercise a lot more energy in order to stop them i would say you're you're watching the game evolve before our very eyes but you're seeing it in its infancy um i think Yes. This year's class will probably be one of, this is just my opinion, it will probably be one of the best classes in a really long time. I think there's a lot of talent here. And like you said, there's only really like two people that like have high, higher than the other, pe- higher than the other's level of bustability. And I think... There's only one QB who cannot move, right? Would you say, like, out of everybody here, Trevor Lawrence, he's got some wheels. He doesn't use he them. He had a lot. like a 60 yard touchdown against Ohio State rushing. 
Right, Justin Fields can move. Trey Lance can move. Zach Wilson can move. Mac Jones is the only one who really like doesn't move very and much. And he ran and he like can. a four five or four six forty, which is not right, slow. Like, right. So I think a lot of quarterbacks are extremely talented in this class. My question out of all of these is going to be I think the reason that Zach Wilson has the highest ability to bust, it has a lot a lot less to do with him and a lot more to do with how much do you trust the Jets, right? When it comes to like the 49ers, I trust the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan, I I trust Kyle Shanahan, right? Matt Nagy, like the Bears don't very often suck. Like they're not very often horrifyingly bad. They're usually outside the playoffs, right? Or just on the cusp of the playoffs, but they're not usually horrifyingly bad. No. And Matt Nagy also like, Wants to keep his job. The thing with the Jets is that, like with Urban Meyer coming into the Jacksonville Jaguars, the the Jacksonville Jaguars, and also with like the number one pick in the building, they expect to turn the fans, the fan base expects the organization to turn it around pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Right? They're expecting like a one or two year turnaround. With the Jets, because the Jets have sucked for so long, my concern is that the Jets are okay with sucking for a couple of years. And I think that's part of what screwed them with Sam Darnold is that they were okay sucking for a few years, right? And you can it, – it's one thing for you to have patience with the quarterback and understand that he can't change everything overnight if you're not doing your job. It's a different thing for you to be okay with four and five and two and one like game-winning seasons over and over and over because you're just like, well, this is what we're used to now. It'll be very interesting to see. I'm right now just I, – I, I love the way that you put it. The game is evolving, but right now it is in its infancy. But you're right. It is on a trend. It's changing. I just went and looked through the 2022 NFL mock drafts. Every single quarterback in there can move. Like none of them. They probably run all of them under. I would be, I would be willing to venture – that 80% of the quarterbacks that will be drafted, uh, and unless the game changes back, 80% of quarterbacks drafted will run a sub-540. And I would argue maybe I, even sub-5, sub-49, sub-48. And I think as well what you're going to see is that with these people that are drafted, it's easier to teach someone, that, that, that people that have generally been quarterbacks since they were little, right, and have a certain mindset, a certain mentality, it's easier to teach a running quarterback to run out of bounds and not get destroyed than to teach a quarterback who's comfortable in the pocket to run so that they don't have their life ended by a linebacker aiming for the neck. It's it's extreme. It's One of them is much easier than the other. And so I just think you would rather have Zach Wilson run and teach him to slide and be like, Zach, you need to slide because it's going to hurt. As compared to if Mac Jones is getting chased by Khalil Mack, like – I would prefer I would prefer that I was Justin Fields kind of speed as compared to Mac Jones. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is you can't teach speed. It's not no. one of those things you can coach. You honestly can't. Yeah, like you can train a couple seconds shaved off a of forty time, but other than that, you can't do a lot. You you put the defense on so much of a different playing field when you change the game that way because if I'm playing defense and I'm not worried about the quarterback running, I only have to worry about the ball and the guy I'm covering. Whereas I now you now introduce a third variable into my defensive coverage and my defensive sensitivity 
when the quarterback is athletic because I now have to make a decision when the quarterback moves out. Do I come down and try to take this dude's head off or do I stay on my guy? Because if I stay on my guy, he probably gets a guaranteed three or four yards. But if I come down for him, it's higher risk, higher reward. But you force people to make that choice. Whereas with Peyton Manning, I mean, he was so excellent at passing and picking apart defenses with his arm and his eyes that it didn't really matter that much. But when you have athletes, you force defenders to make choices. And that's when being a a, a having high football IQ comes into play because you have to make smarter decisions in shorter periods of time. Right. And when it comes down to it, a really good example of this, I think, is that Jameis Winston doesn't run. Right. He doesn't he really doesn't run all that much. He's all about the arm. He's all about the cannon. And he has, I would, I would, I would personally say, a much better arm than Taysom Hill. Much better arm than Taysom Hill. Right. Oh, I yeah. think you would I think you would agree Easy. with that. The difference though is that you are not concerned about Jameis Winston running, and so you are smothering wide receivers and you just have to watch the running back. If you're guarding Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill doesn't Taysom Hill doesn't throw super well, but you cannot have anything less than a QB spy because you know if that guy takes off, he has one of the fastest 40 times ever recorded at the draft, and he's a tank, and so he's going to go. And so that's the problem is that um, even though Taysom Hill's not as accurate as Jameis and his arm isn't as good, I think what Taysom shows you is that the defense has to think a lot harder about Taysom Hill than they do about Jameis Winston, which is why if 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 he wins that spot, that's what it will be, is that he is a multidimensional threat that is really difficult for the defense to stop. <clears throat> Excuse me. For the defense to stop, whereas quarterbacks that throw, um, number one, your ability, like the likelihood that you get blindsided, like blasted and sacked is way higher than with a mobile quarterback, where most mobile quarterbacks are usually chased down than they are like destroyed. And that means that your quarterback has a lot higher likelihood of being injured. And if you rely on a throw-only quarterback, who do you usually have to bring in? A quarterback who can't throw very well. So speaking of the 2022 NFL mock draft, we just got our first look at the AP poll. We just got the official preseason AP top 25. So I'm going to read it off to you. I'm going to go five spots at a time. If there's anything you want to talk about, anything that surprises you or anything that's relevant, you stop me and we'll go through. Okay, sounds good? Sure. Okay, number 25, we have Arizona State. I think Arizona State's going to be pathetic this year. I'm not worried about them at all. 24, University of Utah. 23, Louisiana Lafayette. 22, Coastal Carolina. Don't even get me started with Coastal Carolina. You should just consider this as a uh, – this is, this is just a compliment. This is a nice – consideration but i guarantee like you don't deserve to be there because you could never play a single sec or acc or big 10 team um and then 21 you have texas anything in there that blows your mind shocks you at all um i think like you said coastal carolina doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me personally um i understand they had a great year last year i mean they beat my team right so i'm not hating on them or anything i just but granted your team's not in the top 25 no, my team's not in the top 25 anymore, right? We were taken there by a specific QB who was really good. Coastal Carolina didn't even have a good QB. No, they did not. You know not. what I mean? It, that wasn't what it was about. It was a Cinderella season in the middle of COVID. It was a very specific year. It's not going to happen again. Um, 
they have as much business being there as Louisiana Lafayette. Um, it's not. I, I I don't I don't see it. I I don't I don't understand. Did Coastal Carolina just become like a recruiting boom? Are they like all of a sudden like going to get no. a whole bunch of people? No. So I don't. I, I'm I'm actually. If I was Utah, I'd be pissed. I have no idea how they're ranked above Utah. Yeah, P- Utah barely made it into the poll at all. Okay, uh, just quick right off the bat. Is Texas back or no? Or is this what you expect from Texas to be 21? No, Texas will do what they do. Like I think this is the new normal for Texas. Is that Texas is going to be on good years up to bordering the top 10 and on bad years like hovering around the edge of the top 25 or below. Okay, so now we get into like number twenty, and I feel like number twenty to ten. I feel like twenty-one to twenty-five is essentially like just a carousel. Nobody ever lasts in there because you're right on the edge. You're right on the bubble. Twenty is where I feel like you start to find legitimate teams, and I think there are a lot of good teams this year. Okay, so number twenty we have Washington. Doesn't I, I don't I don't see that at all. Number nineteen you have Penn State, which is kind of surprising. You would think that the way Penn State played, I think people are just concerned because they didn't play a lot of football last year. But Penn State is there at nineteen. Penn State. I think they uh, should be higher. I I would agree with that. I think they're just waiting to watch them this season because I I am with you. I think they should be higher. Eighteen you have Iowa. Seventeen Indiana and sixteen is LSU. Um, Indiana is a little high for me. Not I'm not saying that they're bad, um, but ahead of Penn State, that's yeah, that's probably that fair. But uh, Indiana did play really well last year. Uh, who was it? For that, sure, that, that game they had that walk off win against. They played really. Really, really, really well last year. Oh, I think it was Penn State that they beat. So maybe that's that could be just straight up head to head. That's why they have them above. But then you have Iowa, who Iowa, Iowa. When you have a team who can take down Ohio State, who has a chance to take down Ohio State every year, I feel like you have to give them love. They always have those big white boys up front with the twi- the tight ends and the tackles. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And then LSU, I feel like is they're weird because every year they could either win the national championship or finish last in their division. I don't ever know how to rank LSU. LSU I don't either. Always, I, I don't ever understand how to and do it. And it has they, no correlation good, to talent or anything. Like sometimes they just show up. Right. And when with LSU, like the team that they had with Joe Burrow, right? Like that national championship team, they, they were really good. They had a lot of talent, but when that was like kind of like unexpected, yeah, you know no, I mean? like, like nobody was betting on that that year. Right. And as soon as like the season started going, we were like, oh, LSU. Right. But at the beginning, we had no clue. No, not a single like you could not tell me that you knew who what Joe Burrows knew Joe Burrow's name before that season. Um okay, so fifteen, you have USC, fourteen, you have Miami, twelve you have Florida, or sorry, thirteen you have Florida, twelve Wisconsin, eleven Oregon. So this is where you start to get into big brands. See, I think USC behind Miami's. Mm, I don't know, I don't, I don't know with a lot of these teams. Because here's the thing, I, I simultaneously think that it's weird that Miami's above USC, but I also you think, think that's weird. USC, yeah, I think I think USC is better than Miami, but I also simultaneously think that USC is too high at fifteen. I think USC's too high at fifteen. I think Miami's honestly straight up their only issues is that they couldn't beat Clemson last year. And I think as a result, they, I mean, I, I don't think they beat Clemson in the last two years. So I think as a result, the, the committee, the, the AP poll basically just says 
when you figure out a way to beat Clemson, you will be right in the mix with everybody else. But until then, you got to show us that you're worth your weight. Can I tell you though, Miami is like Miami is like less scary Texas to me. Like all talk every single year, nothing ever happens. Even when they have phenomenal QBs, they don't do anything. And like, it'd be one thing if you were in the SEC and you were just you know, there's too many brothers. You know what I mean? You're getting dogpiled. I would get it. You're in the ACC, dude. It's Clemson and no one else. So I don't yes. ever understand Miami. Miami always every single year, they're worse than Texas when it comes to the hype. They're way worse. That's Florida, true. But I would rather play Florida's Texas good. this year. I'd rather play Texas this year than Miami. Oh, 100%. But I'm just saying, like, Miami is the ultimate underdeliverer when it comes to actual on the field results. Florida is way too high for me when you think about all of the people that they lost. Kyle Trask just on his own. like. Well, they lost, yeah, they lost Kyle Trask. You lost um, Pitt. You lost Kadarius Toney. I believe they also lost a running back, and they also lost players on defense. So I, they're Oregon just way too – Does Oregon I actually really like Oregon. I think their quarterback is really, really solid. I And, again, it's pretty easy when you play in the Pac-12 because I think they're the highest-rated Pac-12 team. There's not a Pac-12 team in the top 10. So Oregon is the highest-rated Pac-12 team. And, again, the only other team that should worry you is USC, and USC is down at 15. So And USC doesn't scare me that much either. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't think Oregon's that, that bad. Is it kind of weird that, like, I'm looking back at the rankings, there's not a single SEC team until 16? Let's see. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right, but then they have 16 LSU, 13 Florida, and then, uh, yeah. Hmm. And then, um, okay, so then we have top 10. So we have North Carolina. I actually think they should be higher. I think they should be higher. Um, Notre Dame, you have at 9. I don't hate that. Eight, you have Cincinnati. To me, that's, that's way too high. I don't think they're a top ten team. I think I they think it's are generous. Yes, very generous. But I, it also could just be, oh well, they're uh, they're not a power five, so we got to get them in because we got to give them some love. I think I think you could swap them with North Carolina or even Oregon. Not not like Oregon taking their spot, but I think like they could be down by their spot. Yeah, and I don't. Again, I I watched them play an SEC squad last year in the bowl game, and they 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 couldn't protect their quarterback. That boy was running for his life. Casey of eight is, is Cincinnati. Seven is Iowa State. Um, I did, I honestly didn't watch enough Iowa State football last year to understand what that is. I know they surprised a lot of people, so I won't act like I know enough about them to say that that's a bad move. And then six, you have Texas A&M, which I really really like. I like this Texas A&M squad. I like the way Jimbo Fisher coaches football i think this is when you'll start to see the culmination of jimbo fisher's work there i think this is like i think him and i think him and mac brown these these will be the years that you see okay are you are these like fluke teams or are these like you guys are building like you're building power programs they're going to be here as long as you're here you know what no I, mean? I think i think texas a&m and north carolina i think you're right they're both in that same spot recently hire legendary coaches to bring in programs that have the potential their recruiting classes have both been phenomenal. Texas A&M just flipped another kid from Georgia, another four-star for 2022. So I think Texas A&M is legit. And then you have the usual suspects. Number five, you have Georgia. Number four, you have Ohio State. Number three, you have Clemson. Number two, Oklahoma. Number one, Alabama. I don't think any of that is surprising at all. I think pretty much 
All of those guys, except for Alabama, I think is interchangeable. I think if it was just me, uh, I agree. Like the list is pretty predictable. If it was me, one Alabama, two Oklahoma, three Georgia, four Ohio State, five Clemson. I think Clemson's high. I think Clemson needs to prove to us that you can win without Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. And if you can prove that to me, you can have that spot. But I think they're also sitting in a position where they're like, well, they did um, make to the playoffs last year. And DJ uh, Ungalele or whatever his name is, he did win both the games that he played in. Granted, he did almost lose that first one. But I think they're basically just saying, okay, let's see him play a couple games. But at, so far, like they've proved to us they deserve to be there. I think you allow people to keep a lot of the accolades for individual achievements. I think team success is what you questioned in the year of COVID. Um, like, and I'm talking like as a team like who benefited a lot because of COVID. Um, I think you question team um, success and team mobility, not individual accolades and mobility. Like, I think Zach Wilson was a really good QB, but BYU going, like, their season going as well as they did was because their season got changed around a whole lot. And there was also a lot of last second games. And so, really, like, BYU, like, really, BYU should not have lost that Coastal Carolina game. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think team success, yes. right? I think team success, you can kind of look at COVID and kind of give some wiggle room there. Individual accolades are a little bit different. When it comes to what I'm seeing now, I think you give Ugalele his flowers. Clemson, Clemson looked a little suspect in some of those ACC games last yes, year. Yes, like, they did. Really, really suspect. And not only that, like, you're going to tell me that I don't know. I, I just I really do think I this is what I think will happen. Four game playoff. Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Ohio State. I think that's what's gonna happen. And maybe I think you could maybe switch out if it's a bad year for them. Clemson switch out with Texas AM. Here's the funny thing though. Three of those schools in the top five have brand new quarterbacks. Clemson has a new quarterback, Alabama has a new quarterback, and Ohio State also has a new quarterback. So it will be interesting, and not all of those quarterbacks I don't think are all going to be home runs. Somebody's going to be a miss. If I'm going to put money on it, I think it's going to be DJ Uingalele. Um, Also, Bryce Young, you can get away with having a player like Bryce Young because Bryce Young's thing, if you haven't watched a lot of Bryce Young film, is – he he has the creativity of a Patrick Mahomes with the the small boy athleticism, the quickness of a Russell Wilson. Here's his issue. It's really hard to play quarterback in the SEC when you are sub six foot. And if you've seen pictures of him standing next to big SEC boys, he is very small. Georgia learned that last year. Stetson Bennett can pass the ball, but you just get so many passes batted down you have to get the ball over that offensive line. So that worries me a little bit about Alabama's quarterback. So I don't know how big of a hit he's going to be. When it comes to, hmm, how do I say, like looking at this, do you think, do you think Spencer Rattler is the real deal? Because he played, he's actually interesting thing, right? Is he played with Jacob Conover, right? Uh, Who's in contention. They're like, they're, they're battling right now, which mm-hmm. actually like makes you wonder because like Spencer Rattler, I understand like 
it was mostly him carrying the team to greatness. Spencer Rattler's team got smoked by Jacob O'Connor's team in high school. They were high scoring, but like they got smoked. And so with Spencer Rattler, I've watched a lot of his high school games and I've seen some of him in college. I haven't played paid as much attention to him um, as he's been at Oklahoma. Do you think he's, you know, following the tradition of like the Baker Mayfield, like all these, all these like Oklahoma quarterbacks, do you think that's something that he's going to emerge as? Cause he seems to be cut from a little bit of a different cloth than them. I don't think Spencer, I think Spencer Rattler is legitimate. I don't think he's a savior. I think he's going to win a lot of games with Oklahoma because that's what Oklahoma does. But I imagine if the Oklahoma makes the playoffs, that it'll be a, I don't think, I don't think, and I actually think that the committee is going to have a hard time putting Oklahoma in the playoffs considering the, every time they've, they've never won a playoff game. And every time they've been to the playoffs, they've given up an average of 40 points. And I think until you – and so that makes me think – and the last time they did get in, they got smacked. I think the committee might even have them on a little bit of a probation. So I do like Spencer Rattler. I don't think he's amazing, but I do think he's a good quarterback. I think he's the number one quarterback in the draft class because there aren't that many quarterbacks. Um, so that's, that's probably what I would say about that, whereas the rest of this top 25, I think, makes the most sense. So we're running a little bit out of time, so here's what we're going to do. The rest of the topics that I have left for the show, I am going to – we're just going to go rapid fire. I'm going to read them off to you, and you're going to let me know exactly what you think in like 30 seconds. Okay. Sure. Tim Tebow right now is being memed because his uh, basically his blocking as a tight end for the Jaguars has been very suspect in the one preseason game he played. Should Tim Tebow just quit football if he can't make a, the number one squad, if he has to play practice squad? Thoughts on Tim Tebow? I think as long as Tim Tebow wants to play football, Tim Tebow should be allowed to play football. I don't think it's I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think I do you remember it was originally the whole thing was that he was going to pull a lot of the attention away from the rebuild. It hasn't really done that except for no, I don't think he has either. And if anything, he's pulled attention away from the fact that Trevor Lawrence had some sus throws in that preseason game. Right. And so at the end of the day, I just think let him play football. If he wants to play football, the dude can really do basically whatever it is that he wants to do, except be an NFL quarterback. And really like, I don't have that many options, so I don't really care. Okay. You have an issue with certain universities not allowing um, kids to use the university logos in their NIL deals. Quit whining. It's not your logo. Like, this is my big thing. The whole point of NIL was that you were allowed to now monetize name, image, likeness like yours. Right? That was the whole that was the whole argument. Yes. Is that it's your name, image, likeness, and so you get to monetize it. You don't own the University of Michigan. You don't own the University of Ohio State. You don't own the University of Alabama. You don't own any of these universities. They are bigger than you. You wanted to play for them. They don't want like they they recruited you, but at the end of the day, if you're Alabama and you're a QB that doesn't want to play for Alabama, there are 40 other QBs who want to play for Alabama. You're not that important. You are here for at maximum 4 years so that you can make a little bit of money and then potentially go to the NFL if you're any good. You're thinking you're a little bit too important. The University of Michigan is more important than you as a student athlete making like 100 grand. 
Yeah, and I would argue they give you a lot of your exposure. Therefore, they don't need you, and they signed you. You're an employee. The employee doesn't get to tell the employer how to run the company. If it's a poor business decision because the the company gets less exposure, that's the company's fault, but the company still has the choice. So I'm with you. I don't have an issue with schools not certain schools not allowing kids to not use the logo and by the way you and i talked about this byu requires like in a lot of their nil deals for athletes to use the logo so it really depends on the university if michigan doesn't want you to do it michigan was paying you under the table for years anyway you're gonna get mad because they don't like allow you to get paid now using like their name they didn't allow you to do it before i don't know get out of here Okay, Eagles have yet to name a starter, but according to ESPN, all the players believe that this is Jalen Hurts' team. Do you have an issue with the fact that the Eagles have not made any comment on what the season is going to look like from the quarterback position? Not really, because when it comes down to it, I think most of us already know. Like, the Saints don't have any comment on whether or not Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston is going to start. The Jaguars apparently don't have any comment about whether or not it's Trevor Lawrence or Gardner Minshew. Like, I really don't have that much. I think we all know what's going to go down and if it doesn't go down then we can have a conversation about what they do but like them not having a comment based on a preseason game i don't really care i think tomorrow we'll probably do a lot more about quarterback battles and why quarterback battles are going the way that they are when it's for refers to jaguars saints and eagles okay so does it worry you at all that dak prescott still hasn't been able to throw an entire full practice and that he had another mri and the quote the results were favorable um, I think the Cowboys are being very vague. I th- here's this is actually the funny thing about it because the Cowboys are usually so gung ho and stupid about a lot of the things that they do. The fact that they're being careful makes me think that there's a problem because like not only are they like going out of their way to make like to say all the right things, right? They're going out of their way so much to say all the right things that they're starting to say the wrong things, and it's starting to get weird. I don't. I think if Dak Prescott is healthy, he's healthy. And it might just be a Kawhi Leonard approach to the health, right? It might just be that. Um, I think there is something to be said, though, for the narrative that's going on out there that they're becoming very dependent on Dak Prescott, who I'm sorry, I don't think Dak Prescott is one of the best QBs in the entire NFL. And he's also the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And you talk about this all the time. You cannot get paid and also go to the Super Bowl like and win. Like it doesn't happen very often. So you're becoming very Dak Prescott dependent and paying him a lot of money for not being in a lot of practices. Okay. Last thing. And maybe we'll save this to tomorrow. Cause I think this is a deep issue. So just give like a quick, just a quick hot take on it. Cause I think we're going to do this tomorrow. So Jay Cutler recently lost a commercial. He said, quote, lost a commercial with Uber eights partnering with the NFL was going to film in LA quote told views aren't aligned guess they don't like future school board members freeze up my weekend so he supposedly lost a deal because he was tweeting out things that he basically he's anti-mask in schools if you're not anti-mask in schools you're not paying attention like oh i know i know that people are going to get mad at this there is a subgroup of 75 million americans under the age of 12 who are legally not allowed to be masked for any re like or sorry not be masked but be vaccinated they're not allowed it's legally it it's illegal because right now the vaccines are being put out under emergency powers they're not actually approved by the fda and so because they're not approved by the fda they can't be vaccinated in that subgroup of 75 million um brett do you want to guess the amount of deaths 
I'm going to say zero. No, more than that. Like three, four million? Four hundred out of 75 million kids have died. All of them have had pre-existing conditions, whether that be obesity, whether that be other me- like other health things. Every single kid has had pre-existing conditions and that's the reason that they died, which is usually the reason you die from COVID. It's very, it doesn't happen. COVID, and, you don't and die from COVID. This is all being said, condition. like people who don't know, Jackson has been vaccinated. Jackson is pro-vaccine. So all these things that he's saying, all this data that he's bringing up is coming from a person who does believe people should be vaccinated. So when it comes down to it, like here's my basic thing with it. I've been vaccinated. Pfizer, for those of you who care. I had an okay experience with it. I got really sick the second time. I still think it was a good decision. I just think it's a good decision to be vaccinated. You have a right to make your own decisions. Anybody who tries to shame you for those doesn't understand the medical aspect of it at all. My wife works in healthcare. The entire point of a vaccine is that now that you've been vaccinated, you do not have to care. what anyone If they're masked, if they have COVID, you don't have to care. You are vaccinated. And so because you're vaccinated, you can live your life. That was the whole point. The whole incentive. This is my big problem, actually, with this current administration. Um, and we'll get, again, more into this to- like tomorrow. The problem with the current administration is that the current administration said, if you're vaccinated, you can go back to normal life. And then immediately went back on that and de-incentivized getting vaccinated by saying, hey, you still have to mask up in your house with your kids, which is insane. And if you're a teacher and you- you're part of this teacher's union – that's trying to ruin school for kids across the nation and saying that you're oppressed and you're also a hero for teaching kids. You're an idiot. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just going to be open with you about it. You teach kids. Your job is to teach. You haven't taught in the last little while because all of the like, truancy has gone up. Grades have fallen. Kids have begun to struggle a lot with depression and a lot more with suicide. Suicide, I think it like quadrupled suicide hotline calls quadrupled over the course of the pandemic kids are struggling and you're mad because you're not masking a whole bunch of 12 year olds if you're concerned about it go and get vaccinated if you are not if you don't care enough to go get vaccinated you don't care enough so you don't get to get mad at a 13 year old right or a eight year old who's not masked in school it's ridiculous it's ascientific it doesn't make any sense this is the last thing i'll leave you with when it comes to the statistics, February 12th of this last year, 5,000, sorry, February 12th of 2020, 5,463 deaths, 99,000 infections. Two months later, April, 2,752 deaths, 30,000 infections. And then we go to August 5th, 458 deaths, 112,000 infections. None of those numbers correlate. Do you want to explain it to me? None of those numbers correlate at all. Massive explosions, explosions of infections, and the deaths were down. The reason that that is, is because the vaccines work. I believe that they work. Scientifically, they've been proved to work. If you don't want to take one, that's fine. But infection is no longer the issue. You have been given the opportunity to be vaccinated. And if you haven't been given the opportunity to be vaccinated, the odds that you die are statistically zero. It is almost impossible for you to die unless you have a medical condition. And if you have a medical condition, you should have been masked anyway. You take control of your health 
and you make a decision with your doctor on what's best for you, I recommend that you be vaccinated if you have the opportunity to. Stop worrying about the infection rate. It doesn't matter anymore. The second that the vaccine was available for everybody, it was no longer about the vac- like about the infection rate. It was about the death rate. The death rate is less than the flu in a given year. I'm not saying it's not as deadly as the flu, but in a given year, it is more dangerous to a child to get the flu than it is to get COVID-19, both COVID-19 and the Delta variant. This is scientific. This I'm, I'm talking about the numbers. I'm talking about percentages and statistics. So please take care of yourself, right? Like consult a doctor, talk to your family, make that decision. Don't traffic in misinformation. Look at the actual data, read the science, talk about it and rationalize. But please like this thing where we're like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to like not align with you because of your views on the vaccine. There's only one view on the vaccine. There's one scientific view and then there's your opinion based on what news channel you watch. My only issue with it has my only issue with it has nothing really to do with the vaccine. I don't really care honestly. I, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. If you want to get the vaccine, awesome. If you don't want to get the vaccine, awesome. If you have some kind of scientific data that cuz I've seen people posting scientific data that says that the variants are coming from people who are vaccinated. I don't really know. I don't really care. I just want everyone to be safe. And if you feel like you'll be more safe with the vaccine and with a the mask, then by all means do it. And if you don't really care, then I don't care either. This is my issue. I don't and this is this is where we'll leave it before we uh before we clock out for the night. Um my issue is I hate polarization that becomes divisive. I'm okay with polarization. I'm okay with, I, I applaud. And the greatest thing about this country is that you can have whatever opinion you want. Even if it's stupid, you can have whatever opinion you want, even if it's wrong. I love that about this country. I love that you and I can have conversations. They're very intelligent. You and I can disagree and still love each other and still not have to kill one another. Whereas in a lot of countries, like if you disagree with the government, you get killed. I love that we live in a country where that's not the case. I don't want to see us move into a country where that is the case. My issue with the Jay Cutler thing is I'm like, yeah, do you disagree with Jay Cutler? Yes. And, and maybe they did it from more of a brand standpoint because they're out of LA. And so maybe they feel like they have to apply to the people in LA. And I guess part of me is like, well, there will always be stupid people who believe stupid things who are just upset about everything. But also I don't want us to become that people where everything has to be divisive as a next step on top of being polarized. But all that being said, we still love football. I'm so grateful. We have football to talk about. I'm so grateful preseason starting. Hey, uh, thanks for spending your day with us. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope your uh, Tuesday goes just absolutely splendid and stellar and y'all have a good one great night everybody hey yo babs this shit crazy